Wow. Hello, everyone. Um, so my name is Matt Breimer, and this is Keith. So on the count of three, we're all going to say, hi, Keith. A little more. This is his first time, 2,000 people. Let's give him a warm welcome. There we go. So Keith is not going to stay with me on stage, but um, this is his first time in front of an audience. I wanted to sort of give him that experience. Here we go. He travels well on planes. All right. So um, had an interesting uh, sort of entrepreneurial journey so far. Uh, today's talk, from games to education to morning dance parties, lessons learned from the field. So let's jump in. Hi, Matt. Um, it's a hat I like to wear on Halloween and um, on the playa and elsewhere. Um, I'm going to show you an experiment. This is a video. This is a video of a social experiment. It was started a few years ago. So let's dive in. It has sound. social experiment. That thing was not intended to be a business. Uh, amazingly enough, that video that you just saw was from about, about a year ago, 1,000 people on a boat sailing around the Manhattan Harbor at about 6.30 in the morning. No one was drunk. No one was on drugs. Everyone was having the time of their life. Um, I'll talk about Daybreaker in a minute, but let me go back in time. Um, I'm from the Midwest. Uh, I was born and raised in Missouri. And when I was a kid, one of the things I always loved was taking apart old electronics. I was always tinkering. I was always experimenting. I was always wanting to sort of see what was in, inside things. And so my parents would always bring home 
old VCRs, old tape decks, old computers, old telephones, fax machines, which were a thing. Uh, and my brother and I would take them all apart and sort of try to find all the little most interesting uh, pieces and parts of these old electronics. And we would never put them back together into working devices, but we would sort of scotch tape and hot glue them together into these fantastical inventions and make, you know, teleportation devices and antimatter converters and this sort of things. And that really sort of sparked my interest in technology, but more interestingly in inventing new things, which may or may not work, um, but would sort of be taking pieces and components of what we found and try to create something new. Uh, I was also a big space nut. Um, the highlight of my elementary school career by far was going to space camp in fifth grade, um, which is amazing. I got to like fly the space shuttle. Um, I, I was a big fan of the movie Space Camp, which was this 80s uh, sort of kitschy film where these kids go to space camp and they're in the shuttle and the shuttle accidentally takes off into space. So I was really hoping maybe there'd be a possibility for that to happen. Um, unfortunately, it didn't. We stayed on the ground in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, but I was always excited about exploring new worlds and, and sort of continuing to, to take that interest in exploration and experimenting and see where it could go. Um, in high school, I realized there's a bigger world out there outside of Missouri, and I, I knew that I wanted to go to college elsewhere. And so applied to some schools, got into Yale. Uh, when I was at Yale, you know, one of the things that was very apparent about, about Yale was how strong these college rivalries are. Um, how strong in the real world, not online, but in the real world, the Harvard-Yale sports rivalry was. Um, one of the most legendary things that I remember going to college was, this is a few years before I went, um, this Yale group of pranksters decided that they were going to dress up in Harvard Crimson and go to the, the annual Harvard-Yale game and go to um, the Harvard side dressed as the Harvard pep squad and distribute all these white and red pieces of paper as the Harvard pep squad and told him, it says Harvard, it's going to be a big sign to show Yale Harvard. And it actually said, we suck. Um, and so these sort of rivalries, you know, is, were inspiring. And so um, we, my, some friends and I, uh, junior year, decided that we were going to get together. We were going to start a startup. We locked ourselves in a room and in three hours came up with this concept called Go Cross Campus. And this is my first entrepreneurial adventure. Um, Go Cross Campus was basically taking sports rivalries and college rivalries and building these massively multiplayer games online and allowing people to play out these rivalries and conquer each other's schools. And you could, you know, march, you could be coming from, up, you know, from Cal and march into Stanford or, you know, Duke versus UNC, Yale versus Harvard, taking the whole sort of wide range of college and sports rivalries and allow people to sort of live them out and play these, these fun games. And so, you know, here's, um, every year we have the Ivy League championship and we launch tournaments all across the country. For a while, we were the biggest college gaming network uh, in the United States. Raise venture capital, built out a team, uh, never really figured out how to generate any revenue, um, which is apparently important for running a business. You know, so we sort of learned that at the time. We were doing all of this as college students. Um, and you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Uh, we were not able to raise another round of capital uh, that we needed. Uh, the, we, we, the recession was hitting late 2008, early 2009. Um, without additional funding coming in, without any revenue to speak of, and having made every first time founder mistake in the book, we basically had to shut down and close down the business. Um, which brings me to lesson one for today. Don't have too many cooks in the kitchen. We had five co-founders. And you know, as first-time entrepreneurs in building this company, we thought, all right, five of us, all you know, smart type A people, we, you know, for big strategic decisions, we all need to be involved and have some say in some big strategic decision, whether it was a marketing campaign or a product decision or what have you. 
The problem with that is when you try to find the average of five type A people all wanting to go off in different directions and different vectors, you end up with this sort of like gray-brown soup that actually tastes terrible. You know, it's better to just like have fewer decision makers go with one or two of the, of the sort of strategic directions and go with that. If you try to combine too many people's opinions into one decision or into the leadership, you end up with this sort of bland uh, non-strategy that doesn't really work. So moving on, graduated from college, moved to New York. Um, you know, I'd hope that if I, you know, when, when graduating from school that I would have a startup, namely Go Cross Campus, that I could spend my time on, that I could grow and go to work full time at. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible because the startup had just failed. I still you know, got the entrepreneurial bug. I knew I wanted to take those lessons learned, go on to build something bigger and better and more successful. So I threw myself into the startup community in New York City. This is 2009 into 2010. There was a, a meetup called uh, Hackers and Founders that happened at Shake Shack once a month. And this is sort of in the maybe mid days of the, of the tech you know, boom in, in New York, 2000, 2009, 2010. And I sort of talked to all these people, you know, developers, designers, VCs, founders, um, you know, exited founders who are now coming back as mentors. And one of the things that I started to see was that people were looking for more community. They were looking to come together to share ideas, to share best practices. So what I started to do as a recent college grad, not really having a lot of value or a whole lot of success in my life yet, I started to give people um, anything that I could. I just tried to be as useful as possible. If I met two interesting people that didn't know each other but that I thought that they should, I would see if they would be interested in being introduced to each other and I would make that introduction. Which leads me to lesson number two. Karma is real. When you're first starting out or even throughout your whole career, the more that you can give and be useful without asking for anything in return, the more that you're just going to sort of put out good vibes and good positivity into your network. And so that when you eventually need something, you're raising money, you're making a hire, you're looking for advice, the more people that you've given to without looking for some sort of tit-for-tat exchange, those people will remember those favors that you've done, remember you being a good contributor to the community, and they'll come back and help you. So at the time, now let's say this is 2010, New York is, is undergoing this incredible transformation. Um, the recession has hit. A lot of people are coming out of a lot of traditional corporate environments looking uh, for their next thing, realizing corporate jobs were not as successful or as secure or as stable as maybe they thought they were. And you know, New York is already such a hotbed of all these different industries, right? Finance, art, journalism, retail, music. Um, I forget what the, the shirt is. You, corporate world in general, right? Um, and, and all of these industries were being transformed by technology. Technology was sort of changing each one of these industries. And what that meant was that it required people to look for different skills. It required people to not just rest on their laurels, but it required people to actually realize, OK, if I'm going to be successful in today's world with technology transforming every industry, um, with corporate jobs less secure and less available, I need actual practical skills so that I can actually be more entrepreneurial in my career and go out and figure out what I want to do, um, knowing that my skills are my currency. Not the stuff I learned in college, but my tactical, tangible skills that are going to be relevant in this sort of fast-growing digital economy, which led to the creation of General Assembly. And General Assembly was an experiment. Again, it was the realization that a lot of people were looking for a community. We realized, let's build a physical place, not an app, not an online product. Let's build a physical place where people can come together to learn the skills of the 21st century, Initially, we were doing co-working. We don't really do that so much anymore. But for a while, we had more startups headquartered at our first General Assembly campus in New York than any other single location in New York City. 
And you know, as you fast forward a little bit to, um, to now, you know, General Assembly, which began as this sort of experiment in bringing together the startup ecosystem just in New York, now you know, we're 750 people. We've graduated. We've, we've had hundreds of thousands of students go through our programs. We have campuses, educational um, and community campuses in 15 cities around the world. We're adding another 10 more campuses over the course of the next year. And you know, we've become this new kind of sort of 21st century educational institution where people are coming together to build products, to take classes, to learn from practitioners, to develop those skills that are going to be relevant for the new economy. So what we think about it is, you know, wh where does college leave off? We're not here to disrupt college. You know, that's not our game. Where does college leave off, and where does the 21st century begin? And as the 21st century moves this way fast, and as employers are looking for, for talent with new kinds of skills, you know, what are the latest SEO skills that employers, you know, expect to, to have um, new talent come in and immediately know? That skills gap, that sort of vocational skills gap, is now where we play. So the lesson there is, you know, we realized is this, it turns out when people are learning really hard stuff, they like to be around other people. Who would have thought, right? So rather than having, you know, General Assembly begin as some online learning platform, and we now actually do a lot of online education, um, but our bread and butter, and, and this has been the case ever since the very beginning, is it's an offline real world experience. People like to be around people. They like to have community. When they're learning difficult skills, when they're working on projects together, it's nice to come together and feel like there's a family there, that there's people that you can connect with. If you're learning web development, um, you've never been an engineer before, that's really hard. It's nice to be able to talk to someone face to face. It's nice to be able to pair a program next to someone real. So, while this was going on, as General Assembly was being built, and as you know, I've been co-founder you know, since the beginning, and you know, over the years as we were expanding, um, I was also you know, always sort of trying other experiments and, and doing things on the side. Um, I've been going to Burning Man for a couple years, and coming back after, after uh, Burning Man one year, I was sort of thinking, you know what, why does nightlife in New York, why is nightlife in New York so terrible? Why, is it, why does you know, this idea of people coming together for a dance party to celebrate life, to have music and art and dance, why does that have to be associated with all these negative things like mean bouncers, like unhealthy behavior, like drugs and alcohol, um, you know, late nights, uh, sort of um, you know, unclean environments? What if we could take out all of the negative stuff of what we think of as nightlife, realize that you know, humans have been coming together in community to celebrate with each other, to be around music and dance. This has been happening for thousands of years. And it's only recently we sort of put that into the nightlife category. So that what if we could take out all the negative stuff, break the rules, and create something which would sort of turn nightlife in its head and would, all right, what, what would be the best possible dance party that could happen, not at night, but in the morning? And that led to the invention of Daybreaker. Now Daybreaker, you know, I think speaking in the fact that we're here at, at, at Lean Startup is interesting. It's something I, I think about. If we had sort of asked too many people in advance, tried to validate our, our hypothesis a little bit, and said, hey, you know, what do you think about waking up really early on a weekday morning, earlier than you normally would, and going to dance sober, maybe in a costume, with a bunch of strangers, get kind of sweaty, and then go to work? If we'd asked too many people about that idea to sort of validate it before we built it, people would have said, no, it sounds terrible, no thank you. Um, but we just did the first one. You know, we handpicked 300 for friends and acquaintances we thought would be down. And we had 180 people show up um, on a snowy day in December of 2013. Um, that was not this one, um, but this was like, like a year and a half later. Uh, and it just took off. People just loved it. It became a thing. Um, and it grew and grew and grew. And we, we decided, you know what, this, we don't know what this is going to become. We don't know if this is going to be a business. We don't know if this is going to be a huge startup. 
We're not going to go out and raise funding. Um, but we want to see where this experiment can, can become. And so now, you know, we're in, we just launched in Hong Kong. We're in, we have events going five to 10 times a month in cities around the world. We have a community of about 250,000 individuals um, who are waking up early, starting off their day in, in sort of the best way possible, all without alcohol and drugs. And then they go to work and they feel amazing. Um, and it's this whole new sort of concept which is, is becoming popular. And it's, it's amazing because you know, when we first started, before we even ran our first event, we said, OK, this experiment, this daybreaker experiment, we know it's going to be about community. We know it's going to be about a few things. We don't know what it's going to evolve into. All right? We don't know what the product or the experience is going to become. So why don't we start with values? Let's start with five core values and have that be sort of the North Star so that anything we do, anything we build, any partnership that we make, any decision that we do around copywriting to website to um, you know, any sort of economic uh, situation, that those values will be at the core. Which brings me to lesson number four. Before you even have a product, start by defining your core values. And so for us at Daybreaker, those core values were five. Uh, first was mindfulness. Second was wellness. Third was camaraderie. Fourth was self-expression. And fifth, most importantly, was mischief. And so we wrote those down. And I actually have a piece of paper uh, where we wrote those down before we even ran our first event. And it's been so incredible to start by having those core values and then being able to build a business and build an experiment and build something really incredible um, with those values as your North Star. Because if you're always aiming in that direction, um, you know that you're headed somewhere uh, intentional. So I recommend it. Um, and now most recently, because uh, I, I can't just get enough experimenting, um, Daybreaker's continuing to thrive. I'm still spending time building General Assembly, but I'm also you know, now having some time to sort of dabble in other new experiments and other projects and, and companies. And so the latest experiment is something called Truffle, which is actually launching later this week. Um, Truffle is all about bringing people together over food and realizing that you know, some of the best experiences that you have with friends or with, with loved ones happen over a shared meal, breaking bread. And so the idea about Truffle is it's all about sort of creating a really beautiful and, and social way to share and discover restaurants you love with your friends, not with the sort of masses on Yelp or with anyone in the public, but recommending and sharing dining experiences with your friends. And it's going to be both an online product, which is what you see here, as well as offline, in-person restaurant events and experiences, and allowing people to share wonderful food with wonderful people. So more on that soon. You'll see it. Um, this is sort of the next experiment, which leads me to lesson number five, which I think looking back through you know, my entrepreneurial journey so far, if you treat every new project or venture sort of like a science experiment, you know some experiments are going to fail, some are going to succeed, but no matter what, you're going to learn from them. And as long as you're learning and as long as you're experimenting and tinkering, you're going to have successes, you're going to have failures. But if you're always moving forward and you're treating everything like an experiment, then you're always making progress and there's always more to learn, there's always more to build. So now what? Four things for you all today. Raise your hand if you're with a company, a startup or otherwise, that is hiring technology or design talent. Raise your hand. Amazing. All of you raise your hands. If you want, um, pull out your phone and email Anna, A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, at ga.co. Um, General Assembly has had tens of thousands of amazing graduates all over the world. Um, we're a completely free source of talent. We're not a recruiter. We don't charge companies a dime to have access to our graduate pool of developers, designers, data scientists, product managers. So if you're interested, Anna on my team is the person to talk to. Um, if you're interested in starting off your day in the most epic way possible, 
Uh, some of you were at Daybreaker in San Francisco on Friday. Join Daybreaker. Um, some of the links here are cut off, but that's daybreaker.com. Um, oh, there we go. It's up at the top. Just moved. Uh, and if you like food and or people, um, as I said, Truffle is launching this week, so keep an eye out for it. You can download the app and sort of join the community at heytruffle.com. And last and maybe most importantly of all, if you're an American eligible to vote, do it. We need you. We're in unprecedented times. Please tell your friends, tell your family, especially in swing states. Now's the time. Thank you. This is my stuff. Links. Thank you for having me.